Welcome to episode five of the Retro Nim podcast. And in this episode, I finished my countdown of my top 100 video games going from 25 to number one. All right, number 25. We're getting to the top 25 here. Persona 5 Royal, which is definitely a better game than Persona 4 Golden. Persona 5, on the whole, is better than Persona 4. I would not put the original vanilla Persona 5 on this list necessarily. I don't think that one is as good as a game. But Persona 5 Royal, really good. I played the first Persona 5 in about 52 hours. And I played Persona 5 Royal in about 55 hours, which means I put a lot of hours into this (laughs) into this particular entry in the series. And Royal is just an improvement on Persona 5 in every way, shape and form. And it is like the culmination of the Persona series up to this day. Like it is everything you like about Persona. You know, if you really want hard difficulty, you got that. If you want all those cool little like monsters and everything that you see from like the SMT games and everything, you got it. It's great. Solid story. Uh, just fixed up by even better stuff layered on top of it. Persona 5 is just like the chef's kiss of, I'm sorry, Persona 5 Royal, I should say, is the chef kiss of the Persona series up until that point. So it's just, it's great. But you know what's better than Persona 5 Royal? It's my number 24 game, Persona 3. Like, yeah, Persona 5 is an improvement in every way, shape, and form on everything that's come before it. But Persona 3 is just better. Persona 3 is so good. And I even played like what some people consider the inferior version, other than the fact that what I did was I played the PSP version on my Vita, which is the best way to play it, I think, honestly, portably, because it plays out more like a point-and-click adventure, and it just moves very, very quick because of that. I beat it in about 30 hours. Persona 3 is just so good. So good. Like, none of the characters from any of the other games can even begin to like rise up to this cast of characters well except maybe persona 2 but atlas doesn't want to talk about persona 2 so i'm not going to talk about it either but persona 3 it just has such a good like i like message about death is coming the inevitability of death you will die memento mori remember you will die you have to remember that death is always looming around you in persona 3 everywhere you go that's one of the first visuals you see you see these coffins with this blood everywhere and as you're getting everything started and you're like what is this game this is weird and you're exploring tartarus and you know now that i've played a little bit more of 80s i have a better understanding of tartarus so there you go and all that greek mythology and all that it's just such a good game like the first time i beat it like well i mean the only time i beat it as soon as I beat it, I'm just like floored there. Like I can't play any of the games right now. This is just completely like overwhelming me like this entire game. And I just have to like research everything I possibly can about it. It is the best of the persona series as far as I've played. And while persona five Royal is an improvement in every way, shape and form on every game that's come before it, persona three is just the better game period. And you know, I've not played the answer with persona three Thes. I've not played persona three on the PS2, even though I owned it for many years without even touching it. But it's, it's just a good game. I, I don't really know what to say. Persona 3. Go play it. It's super awesome. Number 23 is For the Frog, The Bell Tolls. Or For Whom the Bell Tolls for the Frog or something. I don't know. The translations are always a little weird. This is a fan-translated game for the Game Boy, the original Game Boy. And what's unique about this game is that it uses the prototypical system for 
Link's Awakening. And I really like Link's Awakening. So playing this game in knowing that in hindsight and seeing how it plays out, you know, I played a fan translated version. I'm not afraid to admit that, but it was just done so well. It's a very short story, like five to six hours, maybe eight hours if you're really exploring everything, you know, pretty streamlined, pretty linear in what you're supposed to do. The mechanics of changing into the, you know, the snake and the frog and everything. And just getting to understand like how all of that works and how you need to use them strategically and use your items properly so that you can turn into these creatures when you need to. Really well done. Fun little story. It's just a little comedic game with a lot of charm and a lot of heart. And I need to go back and play this game. Like I really want to. Like I've <laughs> it's one of those weird obscure games that you don't hear a lot about, but the people that like it are very passionate about it, kind of like Earthbound, but not as big. And I don't know, I, I just really like it. Like it, it feels like Link's Awakening, but it's its own thing. And I don't know, it, it, it really left a pretty like big impact on me when I first played it. So I would highly recommend it. Number 22 is Super Mario World. <sighs> I realized afterwards, okay, this is going to sound really bad. After I put this list together, I realized that I forgot Super Mario Brothers 3, which, if I had to admit, is probably the better of the two games between Super Mario Brothers 3 and Super Mario Brothers, or Super Mario World, I would say 3 is probably the better game. That being said, if I'm to go back and replay one of these games, I feel I'm more likely to play World than I am 3. And I feel like the world in many ways is kind of like the natural progression of the series from Nintendo to Super Nintendo. I just like the Super Nintendo power in colors and technical capabilities more than the Nintendo. So I'm actually going to leave Super Mario Brothers 3 off this list and say I like Super Mario World probably a little bit more. The cape is great. Love Yoshi. The power-ups you get, while, you know, you don't get as many as in number three, I feel like streamlining it down to just the basics is probably pretty helpful. The things you can do with the cape, the star road that you can get to, the different colored Yoshis that allow you to have different powers. I just, I really love this game. And it was that game that I played over and over and over again as a kid. I have gotten to the point where I can do, you know, a speed run through this game pretty fast, like within maybe 20 minutes or so. You know, um, that's probably saying too much. Within a half hour, I could beat the game and, well, I'd get to the end and beat Bowser. You know, it, it's very simple to do so because the, I just know this game so well. It's like I, I'm i Neo in the Matrix and I'm seeing the code behind the Matrix programming and I can just see everything with this game. I've gone through all the secret exits. I probably 100% of this game maybe half a dozen times in my life and it's just one of those games i i just love it to death super mario world while i also love three i just don't feel as familiar with three as i do with world and that's probably why it edges out overall so super mario world is number 22. number 21 is contact for the nintendo ds and you can probably hear my voice like slipping as i'm like falling asleep right now but i'm gonna finish this tonight two hours and 15 minutes so number 21 is contact for the Nintendo DS. Not the Jodie Foster movie, though, which I don't really like. I don't like that movie at all. But Contact for the DS was basically advertised 
as like an earthbound e type game where it's kind of quirky rpg type stuff and honestly if i went back and replayed it it probably would end up lower on this list because it really shouldn't be above earthbound honestly but at the time i played it it really like hit me hard like this is what video game storytelling can do you can really get into a lot of these interesting ideas of like you know what is the fourth wall when it comes to gaming like who are you as the player in relation to the character because you're not really directly controlling the character in combat as much it almost has like a, a xenoblade chronicles type combat system where you can direct him to where you want him to go but he's really going to be doing the fighting himself and you can you know work through the combat system a little bit but the character is going to do the fighting himself and the professor actually is talking to you as the player not you as the character you are not the character that kind of divide right there really kind of sets this in an interesting place for me so that's why i think it's so high up on my list it really affected me pretty interestingly when it came out and had me thinking about you know video games a lot more seriously i guess but i don't know if maybe being a little too pretentious and i was pretentious as a teenager so it really worked really well so i'll have to go back and play it sometime but for now number 21 is contact number 20 getting into my final 20 here super mario brothers deluxe for the game boy color i just feel like if i'm gonna go back and play a version of super mario brothers the original super mario brothers i like the deluxe version a lot you had a lot of cool extra features in the deluxe version it had the original mario brothers it had the lost levels it had all these multiplayer levels that i played a lot with with my friends on the bus with the link cable really fun you had all these hidden yoshi eggs and red coins that added a lot to that and i just feel like it's the better version i didn't really like the super mario all-stars version of uh super mario brothers one very much because of its remade in the the three and world style but it didn't have the same type of mechanics but mario brothers deluxe did have the same types of game mechanics so i think it edges that overall so if i'm to choose one version of this game that i want to play again it's probably that one a little bit zoomed in much like metroid 2 was on the game boy but that's okay i kind of liked it number 19 another weird one sonic adventure 2 battle i was a big sonic fan growing up i, I read as many of the comics as i possibly could i watched the shows got the merchandise loved sonic sonic is great especially those Archie comics. That was a really weird, but really interesting gateway into the Sonic world. Sonic Adventure 2 Battle was a game that I actually won in a contest for the GameCube. I don't think I was even close to having the type of money at that point to be able to buy new GameCube games because we had just moved to a different location and uh, my parents were you know, relatively poor at the time. And so we had our GameCube from a few years back, but couldn't really like do much with it we could rent some games every now and then but i actually won two sega games for the gamecube there i won super monkey ball for the gamecube and sonic adventure 2 battle and that was from a game pro contest which was really cool honestly like i had two free games basically from a video game magazine contest and i had searched a long time to see if my name was ever in the uh magazine itself but i never found it <laughs> But it's fun. I, I won those two games, and I got them one day, and I brought them home. And Sonic Adventure 2 Battle was really fun because, again, it was one of those things with my little brother that I could play with because it had, like, these multiplayer, like, party-type games. But had an interesting story with Shadow and, obviously, you know, cool things with 
grimdark little character types archetypes you know like goku and vegeta that sort of thing these more grimdark characters obviously that's really cool when you're like a preteen and teenager <laughs> looking at these games and i never played shadow the hedgehog though so don't don't think i'm one of those fans but it, it was really fun you know it, it's a simple story and a lot of the voice acting those really sticks out in my mind to this day to this day my my brother and i when we talk to each other we'll probably insert at least one line from this game and we'll when we reference any kind of song that we think is popular and everything we'll, we'll do the rolling around at the speed of sound like the city escape song I, it, it's really dumb i don't know i don't know why we do this sort of thing to ourselves but i digress sonic adventure 2 battle is number 19 number 18 is pikmin 3 and i could really have chosen like the whole pikmin series honestly at this point but pikmin 3 in particular was great because of the cooperative features that it did feature like right from the get-go me and my wife played this together when we finally when i was done with my student teaching we were back from korea i did my student teaching for like six months and we had to be away from each other and then we finally got our own apartment moved to a different town and everything it was really like the calming down after like the storm the calm after the storm i guess is how you would say it because it was like really stressful for that entire year as we prepared to leave and then we uh, had to be separated for a while because of the, the student teaching I had to do. And the thing that we really bonded over was Pikmin 3 at the time because we didn't know anybody in this new town that we were in. And it was really hot because we were in California. So it was like 100 degrees like every single day. So what we did is we just like, you know, turned on the air conditioning, turned on the fans and just played Pikmin 3 to get through some of these really hot days while we were there. And, you know, before we really knew anybody, you know, I had just a couple weeks before I had to start school. So we just sat and played Pikmin 3, and it was just a really great experience to the point where I bought the other two Pikmin games on the Wii, Pikmin 1 and Pikmin 2, to play afterwards, and we, we enjoyed those as well. But Pikmin 3 in particular was just really fun at the time because we got, you know, showed the gamepad and everything, and it was really cooperative and got to play together. And I don't know, it was just one of the special memories where we really just both bonded over a game together which we don't do very often because she doesn't play video games at all, and that's okay. That's fine. We, we have our separate hobbies, but just being able to do that and just enjoy that time together for a while, it was really fun. So that's why it'll definitely remain really high up on the list for me. Number 17 is another Mega Man spinoff, and that is Mega Man Battle Network, which was an oddly like prophetic game because it really predicted where we would be in this future world with all of our you know, different apps and smart devices and having our oven connected to the internet. Like who, like they thought about this back in 2001 or so. And now that's like a common thing, having your appliances connected to the internet and you can be able to access them from outside the home. So definitely a bit of a prophetic game. And it's just a really fun game where you're exploring the internet. Mega Man is your net navvy who navigates the internet for you. But you're this kid named Lan and your Mega Man's partner, and it had like a Pokemon idea to it, but these net navvies also could, you know, they could battle, and the, the battle system with their, the 9x9 nine nine grid that you have, or I guess it would be like, what is it? Not not 9x9, nine nine, but the 6x3 the, the grid that you had and you shared with the enemy and everything, and you're fighting for space and everything. Very tactical, uh, like active time battle type stuff. Like, you know, it really plays off the really fast-paced action of a Mega Man game very well. So Mega Man Battle Network 
really fun great twist ending by the end there all these different homages to classic Mega Man games like I would highly recommend it on the Game Boy Advance for everybody I really wish we would get a collection on the Switch because I think that would be just awesome just so fun to have a collection of Mega Man Battle Network games on the Switch just do one through six you know it would be so good (laughs) they really need to do that Number 16 is, I think, if I'm looking at my list property, this is the highest-ranking Final Fantasy game for me, and that's Final Fantasy X. This was really my first foray. If you don't count Mario RPG, this is my first foray into Final Fantasy. And honestly, I think that's the best way I could have gotten into the the franchise because, you know, by the time you're seeing Final Fantasy X, it's just like, wow, what about the other nine games that came in? The series before that you know do i need to play them to understand it no you don't the visual presentation the voice acting and everything at the time like it was really like cutting edge it looked really nice and the voice acting obviously people have problems with the voice acting i don't really have the same problems with the voice acting that people do i just finished final fantasy 10 again well really for the first time because i never beat it myself but i finished it on the vita like a month ago and the voice acting feels like normal anime to me at the time coming from like 2001 2000 2001 so that's just what english voice acting was back then that was just the kind of standard so yeah it's not going to age well and didn't sound great back then either that's why a lot of people preferred subs instead of dubs but that's how it is i think titus or titus or however you want to pronounce it i guess titus it's how i'm going to do it because you know it feels like tides and everything and it's like water-based and everything and i know that's not the pun that they're going for in the original japanese and that Technically, it should be pronounced as Titus. I'm going to pronounce it Titus because that's what I've been doing since I was a kid. I don't think he's that bad of a character. I think he really grows over the time, like spent throughout the game. And when you really like dig into like a lot of the side questy type stuff, you know, you get to know him a little bit better. And, you know, thinking about the issues he has with his dad, you know, that's kind of how it is. And this is during this really like angsty time in media history, you know, during, I don't know, the Matrix coming out at the same time, all that, you know. They, at least he wasn't a brooding character like Cloud and Squall from Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VIII. So, I mean, at least he's, like, upbeat and excited and everything. So, I don't know. I, I liked him. I liked all the rest of the cast, honestly. Uh, I mean, Kamari's pretty expendable. He doesn't really do a whole lot. Aron's awesome. Can't have enough Aron. I didn't really like Waka at the time because I thought he was pretty useless. But playing it again in on the Vita... And actually, like, being able to do the Sphere Grid without looking like a complete idiot. Because <laughs> I didn't understand JRPGs, and the Sphere Grid was, like, so weird to me. I messed it up completely my first time playing it. But actually, like, doing it well this time, like, Waka's a solid character. He's a solid fighter. I really liked it. So, Final Fantasy X, I'm just going to say. It's number 16. It's great. Probably my favorite of the bunch. No, no problem here. No lies. Number 15 is a mobile game, actually, a mobile game, and that is Game Dev Story. Game Dev Story by the Kairosoft company. They have a plethora of different simulation games, very similar to Game Dev Story, but the one that's always got my heart is Game Dev Story. You know, I like the mall one, like the arcade one, I like the school one, but Game Dev Story, it's solid. You get to build your own gaming company over the, like, 20-year time period, and you get to name all your games all these crazy names you can mix and match genres to see which games are the best and which ones will get you the best reviews from the journalist and the different magazines and it's just a fun little chill game it doesn't take itself too seriously it's it's very tongue-in-cheek with its humor but game dev story great choice 
best iOS game I've ever played, best mobile game. You should go play it. it it's always cheap on the app stores, like always, like less than $5 usually. You can find it on sale for like $1 to $2. So what are you waiting for? It's it's a great experience. Number 14 is Dragon Quest V, which again, this would be, a little parentheses would be DS because I played it on the DS. This, this game, I don't feel like I could say enough good things about this game. I thought it was just about the right length. I don't feel like it really dragged in any parts because you're going from the story of this main character from birth to like adulthood after having children and everything. And, you know, spoilers, saving the world, which is what you'd expect. And just the, the family-oriented nature of this story it's like you're this kid and your dad and like really early on something happens to your dad and your mom died during childbirth presumptively and you're on a journey with your dad and you get separated from him you spend like 10 years in slavery and you come back to the world and you escape from all that it's just a really like epic story it's like i guess what it reminds me of is like just those epics that you have from mythology like it's following this character from like birth to i mean not to death but to like the most important moments of this character's life and you're learning about that sort of thing and you know there's tragedy there's there's romance there's action it has like all the beats of a good like epic story a mythological type story if you will and that's why i really enjoyed it like i beat it pretty fast because it's not that long of a game but really getting absorbed into the story and eventually you know seeing that he starts his own family and everything and you you see all these major milestones of his life it's just really good it's just such a good story so dragon quest 5 is number 14 number 13 is mega man x which i mean obviously i probably called mega man 10 for years because i was learning about roman numerals at the time this came i came out and i knew that there was an eight so i don't know I, I i'm kind of dumb i guess but uh mega man x i talked about a little bit with the mega man zero games it just took everything from the original mega man series and just made it like faster better stronger more customizable i just really enjoyed it like taking that dash mechanic and being able to stick to walls and jump off walls and everything i feel like that was a big game changer and i'm really glad that they made the spin-off series because mega man x is great and while it you know the series eventually falters pretty hard i guess after x4 maybe x5 according to some people i still enjoy this original game and i really wish i could get through mega man x3 because that game is hard <laughs> that game is hard so that's mega man x number 12 is dragon quest 11 yeah i'm guessing you probably expected this on my list somewhere dragon quest 11 i i have three or four different versions of this game i've nearly beaten it three times like i don't repeat games and i and i've beaten it in like nearly every iteration of the game 3ds ps4 switch i have my xbox series s right here with the s version on that as well like i i love this game i love everything about it i think it's paced very very well like it takes all these best parts of all the other different dragon quest games and just kind of condenses it all into one great story and you know I feel like these this cast characters is probably the strongest. There's a lot of good twists and turns with the characters as well. And the act two to act three thing where basically you win in act two, like it's not really a spoiler to say, but act three really lets you 
explore some choices that you can make that can really impact the your understanding of the entire game as a whole and i loved that about it like it really allowed you to go as far as you want with it if you were satisfied with the end of act two and how the story resolves perfectly fine like it's perfectly great bit bittersweet but it's a perfectly great resolution to the story you can just stay right there and not continue or you can go just one step further and see like what is the foundation of this entire world that i've been playing in for the last several dozen hours and i think that's what dragon quest 11 does well i think it's going to be really hard to top 11 when 12 comes out because i just don't see how like this game is basically like jrpg perfection at this point so i don't know but that's number 12 dragon quest 11 number 11 oh, i should put dragon quest 11 at this just to make the numbers work right but number 11 is harvest moon 64 again touched upon this with you know uh animal crossing and harvest moon friends of mineral town harvest moon 64 was the first harvest moon game i ever played and it was just it sucked me in like i played that game probably five to six hours every single day after getting it because i think it was on winter break at the time maybe summer break i don't remember i was inside so i had no idea what the weather was like outside but it just got me i played that obsessively trying to figure out exactly every part of the game like which characters are the best ones to get married to which crops do you need to plant here or there or what's the best way to maximize the watering of the crops so i can get through the watering chores really quickly and it's weird because harvest moon's like a game all about chores much like animal crossing but it's just really addicting once you get into it so I've only ever played it through like once completely and i know i ended that game and i'm pretty sure i even got the good ending because apparently you have to have like a certain rating on your town or you have to accomplish certain tasks before the three years are up and i'm pretty sure i got the good ending on that so good for me i got it number 10 is sonic the hedgehog 2. yeah this is me putting a sonic game in the top 10. i was a big fan of sonic and sonic the hedgehog 2 was everything that the original did but better it had a debug mode if you wanted to cheat it had a level select mode it had supersonic it had better special stages than the original game and honestly i i faked sickness a lot just so i could stay home and play sonic the hedgehog 2 by myself so that i wasn't like you know getting the screen taken by <laughs> my brothers at the time when they wanted to play their video games i wanted to play mine the only way I could get time on my games is if I faked being sick. And I faked being sick a lot at this time. And I've played this game more times than I can count. Honestly, I'm looking at the other games on my list. I'm pretty sure if I were to add up how many times I've beaten the game, other than maybe Kalanad with the 300-hour guide, I've probably beaten this game more times than anything else in my life. It's just it's a fun, solid Sonic game. I could go back and play that at the drop of a hat. I can go to any level. And just start playing it and quickly remember what to do really fast sonic the hedgehog 2 is great number nine is the legend of zelda a link to the past a link to the past and i mentioned my love for a link to the past when i talked about a link between worlds going back on it recently i would have to say it's a lot harder than i remembered and the dungeon design isn't as great as i remember but this game mixed with the comic done in Nintendo Power by Shotaro Ishinomori, as well as the other manga that came out later, 
maybe that's Ocarina of Time. I don't remember exactly, but just like linking that with that specific comic and just knowing what I know about Zelda at the time when I was playing it, it was just a really magical experience playing that for the first time on the Super Nintendo. I love the Super Nintendo. It's one of my favorite systems ever made. And Link to the Past just really took a lot of that stuff from the original Zelda, which is honestly not a great game in my opinion. The, the first Zelda game is not fun. <laughs> and it took the stuff that I like from Link's Awakening as well and just really like amplified it and made it better. And I, I like it for that reason. I, I like A Link to the Past and you know, time travel. Not really, but it's time travel-y. <laughs> but you had the light world and the dark world. So that's also cool. And really, it's you can see this as the perfect, you know, I, I say this about a lot of games, but the perfect prototype to another game, like Ocarina of Time, except I think this is actually better than Ocarina of Time. So that's why I like Link to the Past. Number eight is Tetris DS. If there is a game that I have, that I could actually claim to be an expert in, I guess, like almost professional, it would be Tetris DS. This particular version of Tetris was the one that really got me into it. I mean, I played Tetris a lot before, and like, don't get me wrong, but Tetris DS was just something special with all the different game modes that it had, all of the throwbacks to like retro NES stuff at the time, and the fact that it had an online component where you could actually like compete against people online. I destroyed that Nintendo Wi-Fi connection leaderboard for Tetris DS. It was so fun to see where my ranking was online after I would play like several matches in a row, and I'm just going to say, I'm, I'm going to brag here. I won most of them. I'm really good at Tetris DS. Like, there's a game I could actually be good at. It's this game. This game was so fun. And I really wish that it still worked online because I'd still be playing it to this day. But it's probably good that they cut the online service because I might still be playing it to this day. <laughs> so Tetris DS, the best version of Tetris, hands down. Number seven, Elite Beat Agents, which I mentioned Oendon earlier in the, the sequel, uh, Oendon 2. While I like those soundtracks better, because, you know, they're Japanese and they're different from what I normally hear, I really enjoy what Elite Beat Agents offered, and it really got me into rhythm gaming in general, which I, I feel like I'm actually pretty decent at. I'm pretty good at rhythm games, surprisingly. I can't play an instrument. I think I can sing okay, but I don't really have any, like, understanding of music theory or anything like that i played the piano a little bit when i was younger but enough to just play twinkle twinkle little star and that's it but elite beat agents like really hit me like I, again this is one of those games where i'm just really good at this game because of how much time i put into it i remember playing the Don games and elite beat agents after i had like a, a biopsy a surgery and i was still like totally drugged up on all the stuff that they gave me and i'm like ah, i'm actually doing pretty good no way I really wanted to test that theory out after I came out of the surgery, and it didn't disappoint. I actually was pretty good at it. But Elite Agents, I don't know. It's what got me into that rhythm gaming. And while the other games are technically better, I won't forget this game for what it, like, the gateway that it gave me for this type of genre. So I, I like it for that reason. Number six, I've mentioned this so many times in talking about other JRPGs, and that is Super Mario RPG. I didn't even know what an RPG was at the time. I didn't even know that RPG also stand stood for uh, rocket propelled grenade, but I remember my brothers like going to the video and game rental store. And they said, "Oh, Super Mario RPG! I've heard about this." Da 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 da. And I'm like, "Okay, yeah, I'll I'll play that with you guys. I like Mario." And it was nothing like Mario. It had this weird isometric, you know, point of view, and these 
combat menus and everything that you would have to figure out and i'm like i have no idea what's going on but it looks pretty exciting you can jump around a little bit i guess and the minute i saw the axum rangers come on on screen i i knew i was hooked on this game because obviously being a big you know power rangers sentai type fan like seeing these characters dressing up i guess this was like my first introduction to what parody was <laughs> because i just like blown away like it's, it's like the power rangers but they're turtles so i guess they're also kind of like the ninja turtles this is so weird oh my goodness what does this mean they even call themselves the axum rangers is this a ripoff i don't know what is going on and so you know just learning about the things like that through super mario rpg so i guess that's kind of funny but you know just a solid rpg i, I really want to re- I, I say this about so many other good games on this list i really want to replay this game because i never like beat it like legitimately because we got really far and i never was never able to beat it and so we just kind of loaded up the save file that was already on it right before the final boss and beat it that way but i never beat it legitimately myself so i need to do that okay we're getting into the top five now very exciting number five is monster rancher for the ps1 super eclectic monster raising game and fighting monster fighting game it's not that good of a game to be perfectly honest if i really had to look back at it like there was not a whole lot of strategy and skill involved other than you know really start grinding to make sure your monster's like ready with all the exercise regime and everything that you're putting it through but what made this unique was that you could generate monsters based on cds that you put in the ps1 so you actually had to take the disc out of the ps1 which was weird to me at the time because i never imagined you'd be doing that and then you put another game in or another disc in really it could be anything we had a lot of those aol internet discs at the time so we did that a lot. I think it, all it gave me was like a Swayzo, though, and that was the terrible, the little eyeball thing with the big tongue. Those things were gross. But it would generate monsters based on, like, music CDs that you put in and computer games, and that just blew my mind as a kid. So I don't know. It had this one little weird mechanic stuck with me, and the music was really good, and the anime was okay. But the game itself, was just, it was fun and mysterious. There was a lot of mystery involved in it because, like, you never got a perfect monster from the start. You really had to build up to it and you had to explore like these ancient ruins and collect all these different discs and everything. And there's just something weird, kind of eerie and mysterious about it. So that's why it'll always stick with me. Number four is mother three. What can be said about mother three? It's never coming to the U S that's for sure. It will never come here. That's why I'm really glad that the fan translation came out and I finally got to play through it completely a couple years back but mother three is fantastic so good an update on the earthbound formula in every way shape and form the best of the bunch obviously fantastic story great characters such good gameplay the rhythm like base combat was yeah you know, i hardly ever used it but the one time when you got an extra hit or two off with it it was really fun and you just can't say enough good things about it it's the story is so good like emotionally heart-wrenching by the end and i can't say anything without spoiling it so i'm just going to move on but mother three is great number three the last zelda game on this list and considering how much i've talked about it when referring to other games you'll probably know what i'm talking about the legend of zelda Link's awakening this is you know when i was thinking back to metroid 2 and playing that in vegas the other game that i was playing a lot of was legend of zelda Link's awakening and I was never very good at the game, but having a Zelda game like that, like in your pocket that you could just play portably on the go, like it was 
mind-blowing to me. And even, like, looking at it today, like, everything about the game is just solid. It just feels good. The combat feels good. The story is short, but really, like, intriguing because you're trying to figure this whole thing out. And, you know, if you have any, like, basic idea of storytelling, obviously you'll, you'll figure it out pretty easily. But when you're a kid, it's, like, really magical. And being trapped on this island, you don't know where Zelda is, obviously, because it's not really, like a Zelda game. I mean, it is a Zelda game, but there's no Zelda. So obviously that's weird. And you travel to all these different areas of the island and there's a lot of hidden stuff that you don't necessarily know about. And uh, being able to see that cool chain chomp and everything's just kind of a little bit weird. Everything's a little bit off-putting. And I, I just really like it. It's just a really solid game, like mechanically, story-wise, lengthwise, really hard. <laughs> Those bosses are really hard. But it's really satisfying when you can finally beat them. So that's why I put Link's Awakening so high. Number two is Pokemon Silver. Pokemon Silver. Like, again, going back to my discussion on Yellow, you know, it was great to have my first Pokemon game to myself. And at this time, I was, you know, in a group of friends. I'm, you know, one that I played the Pokemon Stadium with and we all talked about Pokemon and Digimon and all that. And I learned about anime from them and it was really great time for me. Pokemon silver came out shortly after that. And just one of those things where I just fell headfirst into it. It was an improvement upon the original generation in every way, shape and form. You had an extra hundred Pokemon. You had this completely new region that actually is also connected to the previous region. So you actually get to go back to the place from the first game, like years afterwards. What a concept at that time. And I know that Iwata really used a lot of his programming magic to make this actually work, like actually work. So like actually like being able to play this game after playing those originals and seeing all these familiar faces, but all these new faces as well. Like you see characters that you remember from the first game and it's just really well intertwined. Like it really is like a duology in many respects. Like it's, it's a part one and a part two, not necessarily a sequel to the other. And definitely not in the same way that the Pokemon games have become serialized over the years, but Pokemon silver is just so good. And that entire second generation of games, honestly, they are my favorite generation. I can't deny that. Like, the fifth generation's great, but the second generation is amazing. And there's, I, I could go back and replay those games right now. Not, not even a problem. I love Silver. And I really love Lugia as the legendary on that, that box. Ho is okay from gold, but not amazing. And I don't know why they tried to make Suicune the, the mascot of Crystal, but that's neither here nor there. But Lugia was such a great like a legendary bird that you could capture and make part of your own collection. So I don't know. I, I just really like silver and the like continuation with team rocket and being able to finally like, you know, slight spoilers for, you know, 20 something year old game, but being able to go and face your protagonist character from the first game at the top of Mount silver, right at the end with a completely overpowered team. When you finally are able to like beat yourself, I guess from the first game, you're like, whoa, I'm awesome. I am a Pokemon master. <laughs> so that's why Pokemon Silver is so high. And number one, I'm not going to actually talk too much about this because I've done a you know a bite-sized episode about this on the Backlog Breakdown, which you need to check out. That's Mega Man Legends. Mega Man Legends, I think, was a really t- big turning point when it comes to, to gaming for me in, in so many different ways. 
because it took Mega Man, this, this franchise, really, to this day, I think Mega Man is my favorite video game franchise. Even with all the ups and downs, it's my favorite franchise in gaming because I don't know. I, I don't even know why it's one of my favorites because it's, it's robots. It's it's cool. It's, it's great. But there's, I just in, invested in so much Mega Man stuff over the years, both the good and the really bad. And let me tell you, the lows in Mega Man are really low <laughs> and the highs are great. But Mega Man Legends is just one of those games where what is it? It's a JRPG in a sense because there's a lot of customization. It's an action RPG. It's like a, a sandboxy type game where you get to roam around the town like really freely and unlock areas as you go. Like, what is it? It's an, it's an exploration game. You're like a dungeon crawler in many ways. Like, it takes all these different like genre aesthetics and incorporate it into one game. It's, it's an anime too. Like, it's basically an anime. Like, fully fleshed out in these polygonal models like it, it's as close to anime as you're going to get in a video game i think other than just being like a visual novel but it's so fun like with the customization you can do for your character the morality choices you get to make whether you want to do bad stuff or good stuff as Mega Man. when they rob that bank later on in the game it's like a side mission and you can choose to keep the money and that affects your reputation around the town and everything instead of giving it back to the police who were pursuing the robbers who robbed the bank such weird choices it's like great characters excellent voice acting like it it epitomizes a lot of this you know late 90s early 2000s voice acting and anime tropes like that's just what it sounds like you you can tell this was made in the late 90s in terms of the voice acting but it was really enjoyable at that time it was like just just a really good anime to watch at the time and i could go on and on about this game probably forever <laughs> like I, I could explore every nook and cranny of this game and just feel like i haven't gotten enough and i have i've, I've explored every nook and cranny uh, about two years ago i went to visit my brother and i started playing Mega Man legends with him just because i was visiting with him and uh we were talking about playstation or something and going into Mega Man Legends and I just started playing it and within you know 45 minutes I had skipped some cutscenes here and there but I had just blasted through the game based purely on muscle memory alone and my brother was watching me this whole time just mesmerized by the fact that I had this game down pat after not having played it for years like I know Mega Man Legends I know this game as much as I might know like Tetris DS and Pokemon Silver and Link's Awakening and all that like I know Mega Man Legends. This is my game. And, you know, it hurts that Legends 2 wasn't so great. And Tron Bond was, you know, a fun diversion, but not amazing. And Legends 3 never came out, even though it was, like, heavily publicized to be that 3DS game that was just kind of, you know, make make big waves. It never happened. But Mega Man Legends is always there. The, the first one on the PS1 is just always there for me. I can always go back to that game jump into any point in that game and know exactly what I'm doing, where to go, what upgrades I need. You know, I could do a low level run through it. Well, not low level, but you know, not as much equipment. I can speed run that game. Not really speed run because you know, I'm not like super great at that sort of thing, but I can get through that game like lickety split. Like it's my game. If there's a game that best exemplifies me, super nerdy, super anime, that sort of thing. But 
you know, I, I like to think super charming. It, it's, it's Mega Man Legends. It's, it's such a good game. And that, that's, I could go on and on about that. I could go on and on about any games on this list, but I'm not going to just for the sake of time. But that's Mega Man Legends. And that's my top 100 games of all time. Let me know if you agree with me. I am Wes. I am the Henshin Dad. You can find me. You know where to find me. You've probably listened to me many, many times before. But that's about all I have to say. If you agree, great. If you disagree, great. I want to hear your list. I like seeing these top 100 lists. And I'm one of those crazy enough people that wanted to record this entire nearly three long episode (laughs) in order to explain myself. So that's my top 100. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope to hear from yours soon. Until next time, play good games. Go play something good. Play responsibly. Play smart. Play Mega Man Legends. Thank you for listening to the RetroNim podcast. You can find me at Twitter with the username at RetroNim, that's spelled R-E-T-R-O-N-I-M, and through email at theretronym at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to rate, review, subscribe, and all of that other fun stuff. I don't even know what it is. You can also check out my other podcast, Henshin Dad, if you are curious about the wide world of tokusatsu. Thanks again for taking time to listen to me today, and until next time, keep enjoying the games that you love.